Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Let's give the Lord some praise in this house. Can we do it? Come on, you could do better than that. Come on. God has blessed you and you've made it to the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. It's good to see each of you here. Give me just a second to get set up. I have to have this big TV. That's what my uh, my little girl who's with me, Hadassah. Hadassah, wave at everybody. <laughs> Come on, wave up there, baby girl. She's traveling with me today. Give her a big hand. So thankful she could be with me. This is a special place for me and a special time for me. Uh, I was telling them in the first service that I used to be on staff here in 1998 and 1999. Can you believe that? That's how old I am, so you guys will know how old this guy is. I was the administrative and student pastor, and we moved from a, a little tiny road street in a tiny little white church over to what is now the kids' center, and we built that new church there. And I'm telling you, God has just done some incredible things, and I want to give honor to Pastor Chad and Pastor Karen. Can you? I know they're not here, but you ought to just platform. I know they're going to watch at some point and let them know how proud you are to have them as your pastors. What a blessing they are. We go way back. I remember him when he was just a student at youth camp and God had first called him to preach. And I remember a young man who, who I know you won't believe this, but didn't even have the confidence to think he could lead a youth group, much less lead a ministry. And I watched the hand of God move upon your pastor. And man, what a powerful, powerful man of God he is. And look what happens when you say yes to the Lord. Look around you at what God will do. Somebody ought to give the Lord praise. So thankful to be a part of his life and so honored to be able to minister to you guys here today. And let's get some things out of the way so I can just be myself and that way we can get all the walls torn down and you will know me a little bit better. But I have been at the Oceana Church of God for 20 Two years. That's a long time, isn't it? That's a long time. January the 9th, we celebrated 22 years. And even though I wear skinny jeans and Jordans and my hair is fading, I still love Jesus and I still have a passion for the Lord. And I believe that the kingdom of God is primed for the greatest move of God in the earth that we are ever going to see. I'm tired of the naysayers. It's time for us to celebrate and realize what God's getting ready to do in the kingdom of God in the earth. And so I'm so grateful for that. And so in prayer and thinking, about what I was going to share with you guys, there was a particular word that just kept stirring inside of my heart, resonating in my spirit, if you will, and it was simply the word shift. I believe that that's where we are on the clock of God's time and God's understanding of time and history because he holds it all in his hands. I really believe that that's where we are, and being a part of a shift means that things are going to change, that you're not going to stay where you are. How many know that there are seasons in your life where you feel almost stuck or stranded, almost stagnant where you are. How many have ever been there? Say amen. It feels like you can't move forward, you can't move back. It's like I'm right here and I can't go any further. I believe that God is presenting the church an opportunity to by 
faith shift out of the place where they are into the promise that God has made for them. How many are familiar with the nation of Israel and, and understand in biblical times that God made a promise to them? Raise your hand up if you know what I'm talking about. Well, this morning, I'm going to share with you from the book of Deuteronomy. If you have a Bible or you're using your church app, just turn to Deuteronomy chapter 1. And Deuteronomy means the words. And so as Moses is delivering these words that came from God, I pray that today you would open your heart, your mind, and your spirit and say, God, whatever word you want to speak into my heart and my spirit, I'm ready for today. How many are ready for that in this room today? Can you do me a favor? Can you reach up both hands then? Reach up both hands. Let's pray and ask God to just visit us in this room today and speak a word. Father, we're grateful that we get the privilege to be in this room today. So grateful, God, for the people who have come and have led us in worship and those who are serving, Lord, in making this day possible. But God, in this room right now, we surrender everything to you, our mind, our will, our emotions, and we ask you to visit us, to define us in this moment, to release a word that will shift us from where we are to the place that you have planned for us. God, may this be a day of change and transformation that we will never, ever be the same. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. Listen, as you go into Deuteronomy chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. I'm going to read from the New King James, so whatever translation you've got, but I think it'll be on the screen too. This is the moment when Moses is trying to transition or shift these people into the next season. And he starts off by saying this. He's like, you know, I know you've been here, and I know that you've been wandering around, and all this is going on, but let me give you the shift. So he says in verse 5, on this side of the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses began to explain this law, saying, The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, Now read this with me. You have dwelt long enough. Come on, say it with me loud and proud. You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Now read the next part. Turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places in the plain, in the mountains, in the lowland, in the south and on the seacoast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. Now get this part. Come on, read it with me really loud. See, I have set the land before you. One more time. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them and their descendants after them. What a charge, what a word that Moses is releasing to this nation, to this group of people who have been stuck or stagnant or stale for such a long time. He's literally saying, let me tell you what needs to happen. There needs to be a shift. When you define the word shift, it literally means to change direction, to change your emphasis, or to change your attitude. I don't know about you, but there are seasons in my life where I get stuck and I get stagnant and I get stale. I know the promise of God is real, but the struggle is real. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Now listen, I shouldn't have to go back and talk about the last two years. The struggle has been real. If I can get an amen. The struggle has been real, but can I tell you that the promise of God is still real as well. We have to get our minds focused again on what God is telling us. I know that when you talk about a shift and you talk about, hey, this needs to change or that needs to change, listen, I know that sometimes we end up in places that we thought we would never be. Each of us in this room today has experienced moments of frustration. In these moments, we even feel debilitated like we can't move or we can't change 
nothing is going to change around us, but this is the truth, and I'm going to be myself today. I was at 9 a.m., so 11 a.m., get ready. I'm getting ready to go ahead and be myself in this room today too. Where you are now is not where you're always going to be. When you can get your mind focused back and understand that what God's called you to, the enemy cannot keep you from. You've got to get to a place where you understand if God said it, I can believe it. I won't stay stuck. Shift me, God, onto the path that leads to my destiny. You've got to get to that place. Sometimes shifts are difficult because they require some effort, some violence even. Listen, there's been so many seasons in my life where if I wouldn't have got violent, I couldn't have got out of it. What do you mean, Pastor Randy? You mean like you beat people up? (laughs) No, I don't beat people up. But there are moments when, Jesus, I love you and I need you isn't enough. Oh, is everybody okay in the room? There are moments when my faith has to have some work with it. Is anybody in the room? In other words, I have to step into a season and say, God, I don't see the provision. I don't see the power. I don't see the presence. But what I do know is, God, you spoke and you called me into this. Since you called me into this, God, I'm going to trust you and step into it by faith. Because if I step into it by faith, I know you'll step into it with your power. And wherever your power is and your presence is, there is purpose and there's ability and freedom. And I can achieve anything when I step into that. Oh, God, help me. Listen, I know we get frustrated because we think, well, you don't understand, Pastor Randy. I'm here, and it's not even my fault. Can I tell you that sometimes you get in stuck places and need a shift, and it's not even your own fault. If you go backwards in the Scripture, you'll find out that Moses sent out 12 spies to look at the land that they were supposed to possess, the promise that God gave, and 10 of them gave a negative report. 10 of them cost an entire nation their destiny. 10 people, can I tell you, that you may be right where you are, and you might be thinking, I had nothing to do with this. If I'd had it my way, this wouldn't have happened, and that wouldn't have happened, and this wouldn't have taken place, and this wouldn't have occurred. Can I tell you, I need you to shake your faith this morning. You heard me right. Shake your faith this morning, because there is a statement that the Holy Spirit made to me early on when this entire thing that hit the world started, and it it reminded me of who my God is. You see, God's started shifting me and he said to me he said Randy natural setbacks cannot stop supernatural setups I've come to tell somebody in this room there's nothing in the natural that can prevent what the supernatural promise and power of God has promised you you need to shake yourself son or daughter raise your hands and say I know what I've been called to shift yourself back onto the path that leads to the promise of God in your life. Ooh, you got to hear me this morning. Listen, those setbacks can't prevent what God wants to do. Can you imagine what the church could do if we believe that? Can we imagine what we could accomplish as the sons and daughters of God if we truly believed that natural setbacks can't stop supernatural setups. I know that this house, Bethesda, your name, your name is prophetic. Oh, is anybody in the room? Maybe I'm preaching to Pastor Jeremy. I'll stand right here. 
Y'all with me this morning? Your name is prophetic. You see, what would happen is if Bethesda Church would say, God, you've given us a prophetic word. You've spoken over our lives. We believe that, God, every natural setback will not prevent the supernatural setup you've made. Then listen, this would be a house of miracles. This would be a house of signs and wonders. It would be a house where breakthrough comes, where deliverance comes. It wouldn't be in seasons. It wouldn't be in visitations. It would be the DNA. I believe God wants to release it in this room. Shift your faith. Shift your faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need a shift. Oh, yeah. Some of y'all spouses have been thinking, you had no idea, Pastor. Easy, easy. Listen, three things kind of hinder us from shifting. We need some change. Somebody say amen. We need change. And we're all afraid of change. We don't like change. Can I tell you, if they would have changed the order of service when you came in here this morning, you would have flipped out. You'd been, what in the world's going on? Good thing you don't come to my church. Because sometimes I just do it to have fun. I just to mess with you. Can I tell you, though, we talk about how we don't like change. Am I okay? Can I, can I have like five extra minutes of service? <laughs> we talk about how we don't like change and talk about how we don't like change, but how many of y'all wish you didn't have a microwave? Uh-huh. You all glad you got a microwave because pizza that's left over only takes 20 seconds to be piping hot, right? Listen, nobody, nobody wants to go back. Well, some days I want to get rid of my cell phone, but most everybody are happy that you can hold in your pocket what used to sit in an entire room. You hearing me? Somebody needs to hear me. We talk about how we don't like change, but the reality is we don't like it when it has to be us that changes. Can I tell you, we need a change in our anticipation. Can I tell you, it's not about where we've been, but it's about where we're going. I thank God for the great things that happened in the past, but I also know that God has something even greater. God doesn't say, I'm just going to do this, and then I'm going to trickle down and get it less. If you start in Genesis and go to Revelation, you'll find that it's a constant climb because when God moves, he progresses. He does this, then he does this, then he does this. Somebody in the room needs to change your anticipation if you're going to get shifted into the promise of God. Anticipate something changing. Not only that, but we got to change our expectation. We get to the point where we're like, well, I know what's going to happen. Well, do we? Do we know what's going to happen? He's God and we're not, right? I think the struggle with us when it comes to shifting is we have grown accustomed to expecting certain things and we say, well, we can expect this will happen or that will happen, but it's time that we change our expectation to start believing for things that we've never seen before. Come on, are you hearing me? Like, like somebody just strolls in the door right now and they're addicted to drugs and they come and just fall at the front of this room and the prayer team surrounds them and they start crying out to God and deliverance comes all. Is anybody in the room today? I hope somebody's listening to me today. I hope somebody's hearing me that that kind of transformation, that's the kind of shift that will change a region. But here's the biggest problem. If you're making notes, you want to put an asterisk next to this one. 
We need an elevation. And I ain't talking about you need to wear high heel shoes or platform shoes or boots. Our mind spends too much time thinking like down here instead of thinking like heaven. Oh, I know. I should have warned you. I warned 9 a.m. to pull your feet back in case it, it hurt. Listen to me. We can't think like the earth and receive the benefits of heaven. We can't think like the culture and transform it. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Spirit. Hear me in this room right now. You're going to have to ask God, Lord, I want to shift back into the promise you made to me, but, God, I need you to elevate my thinking. My mind has to start thinking like heaven thinks. Jesus told us to pray that way. He told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need a release of heaven in the earth. The children of Israel had believed all the lies, and they needed to hear the voice of heaven again. Let the church think like heaven again so that we can shift into the promise that he made us. God help me in this place. Understand something. We are at a critical juncture in history. Nobody can deny that. We're at a critical moment. The church needs to regain its voice. Somebody say amen. The voice of the church won't sound like any other voice. It'll be a voice that sounds like heaven. It'll be a voice that declares heaven. It'll be a voice that releases heaven. We've had enough rhetoric, have we not? We've had enough garbage in the earth. Somebody say amen. We need the voice of heaven in the earth. Understand that a shift requires thinking, expecting, and anticipating what heaven wants to do. Matthew 6.33, if you've ever heard this verse before, brings clarity and definition to who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. He says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Can I tell you, without the kingdom, there's no power. Without the kingdom, there's no purpose. If we don't walk according to kingdom first mindset, we will never shift into the promise of God in our life. I want to show you something here. When we miss the kingdom, we miss the promise. That's what happened to the nation of Israel. I'm going to go back to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Here's what it says. It says, normally, it takes only what? 11 days to travel from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, going by the way of Mount Seir. Mount Seir. But read what verse 3 says. But 40 years. Can somebody say that with me? But 40 years. Come on, I want to hear you. But 40 years after the Israelites left Egypt, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses addressed the people of Israel, telling them everything the Lord had commanded him to say. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being so close and not taking hold of it? Can you imagine knowing that God wants to shift you into this incredible promise and you're just a few days away? But now you're afraid. Listen, fear is real. Fear is real, and the enemy tries to use it to cripple, to debilitate, to literally keep us stuck in the same spot. They were right there, 
but the unbelief and fear were keeping them. Can I tell you something? Even though God gives the word, you can't go 99.9% of the way. You have to go all the way. And sometimes it's a big leap of faith. But can I tell everybody in the room, if you will step out, God has already stepped in. He's already preparing the thing he's prepared for you. All you got to do is say, yes, God, your yes will shift you into the destiny he planned for you. My God, I feel the Holy Spirit. You've got to step out in faith. It said they stood on the other side of the Jordan. This part really gets me. The Jordan, if you've ever seen it on the internet or been there in person, it's a pretty wide river. At flood stage, it leaves its banks and it's a raging river. West Virginia, we know a lot about flooding. We've seen the devastation that it brings. We've seen how it can cripple us and make us feel certain ways, but I want you to think about where they were. They're on the other side of the Jordan saying we can't cross over. The river's running too fast. It's too high, it's too swift. If you don't hear anything I say, hear what I'm about to say. I don't know why in the world they would be afraid that God could not take care of the river because they had history. Somebody needs to hear me in the room. If you've got history with God and God's given a word and God's proved himself, you can trust him at the next step, at the next phase because these people had watched God tell Moses to raise a staff and raise his hand and blow a wind all night long and make a wall of water on the left and a wall of water on the right where they could walk across on dry ground, can I tell you, if God has parted an ocean in your past, he can part a, oh my God, a river in your present. Do not let the river keep you from moving into what God has promised. My God, I feel him in this room. Dry ground, did you get that? I'm trying to preach y'all like a six-part series in one day. Just saying, when you pastor, that's how, that's how you live. Think about it, though. God didn't just say, I'm going to open the sea and just let you come through. He literally paved the road. They had chariots and animals. They didn't have time for mud. I'm going to drop something I didn't at 9 a.m., God's moving the mud in this season. God is moving the mud. Yeah, because listen, the Jordan that was flowing with rocks and all the potholes that come with the river, God said, I'm gonna move this thing to where y'all can walk through. This time they were gonna bring even more than what they brought through the, through the ocean, through the sea. I'm telling somebody in this room, if you'll step out in faith, God's gonna move the mud out of your way. He's gonna pave the road, make it dry, make it hard, make it straight. You won't have to struggle what you've been struggling for. God's going to make easy for you if you'll step out in faith. My God, I feel the Holy Spirit. Listen, at some point, you have to believe what God is saying to you. Because if you don't, you'll end up stuck all your days. Look at what Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 6 says. It said, the Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb saying, Read it with me. You have dwelt long enough. Come on, read it. You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. The word dwell or dwelt literally means to sit down, to settle, or to marry. Oh, boy. 
You may even need an umbrella for this one. If you got your umbrella this morning, put it up because this may hit hard and you don't want it to hit you full force. Let it roll off on your neighbor. Then you can kind of lean into it. Listen. Whew. You know what we're guilty of more than anything? Settling. We settle for good when God's called us to great. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I'm a musician, and there's some songs lyrically that are really cool songs, and they talk about how good God is. But I struggle to sing them. You want to know why? Because my God's not good. My God is great. See, I, I'm not going to settle for good God or good Father. I'm going to I'm going to embrace who He really is as the great God Almighty. I wish somebody would hear me. I'm not trying to be offensive, but hear me right now. What they had done was they had started to settle. They had started to settle. They had started to sit down and just say, "This is it." They're sitting here in this big vicious cycle. Here they are walking around, walking around, walking around. Walking around. Rinse, repeat, right? Going to keep circling. Going to keep circling. And it becomes so familiar to them and so used to by them that they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to marry this thing. And this is going to be our identity. I'm going to be the victim of wilderness wandering. I'm going to be the martyr of the nation. Can I tell you, it's time that the church realize we shouldn't have married the stuff we married. We shouldn't have even dated it. We shouldn't even been friends with it. It's time that the church say, guess what? God, you told us not to marry it, not to date it not to be friends with it. God divorced me from that so I can get connected back to my destiny, God. Shift me from where I am complacent back to the place where I am courageous. My God, let the courage of the church rise again. Let the courage of the church rise again. We need to be courageous. If there was ever a season to be courageous, it is now. Amen? Amen? Come on now. I know I'm hard to handle. I'm sorry. I started to get me one of those hoodies that says I'm not for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Listen, we got to get rid of some stuff that's keeping us from the promise of God. And we have to get to this place where there's a boiling point, where there's a critical juncture where we say, okay, God, you said it. I believe it. It's time for me to move into it. Listen, if we're not careful, we'll get so focused on what's going on that we'll have so many hindrances to us accepting what God wants that we'll never be able to divorce those things and move into what God has. I mean, I, I know that they were probably scarred at that point. All that wondering and, and when the 10 people came back out of the 12 spies and said, we can't take the land, God told them and said, guess what? Everybody 20 years old and up has to die off before you can get the promise. So imagine being 19 and wondering for 40 years and you're 59 and you've seen people die almost every single day of your life. That had to be debilitating. Somebody say, Amen. 
You get scarred from that because instead of you believing for the promise, all you see is death. Sometimes we get scared. Sometimes we get used to the surroundings and we're just like, okay, this is where we are and this is what I know. And so since this is what I know, this has become my identity. But can I tell somebody in this room today, your identity is not your situation. Your identity is not your circumstance. Your identity is a son or a daughter of the most high God. You are not bound, but you are free. Oh my God, you need to shift your thinking to remember you're a child of the most high God. Listen, sometimes obstacles got to them. And they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. But look what God told them through Moses in verse 7. He says, turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places in the plain, in the mountains, in the lowland, in the south, in the seacoast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. God said to turn, turn. The word turn means to face or to look at something. It's hard for you to hear this, but let me tell you in love. A lot of times the reason why we won't turn is because we know we have to see the person that might be the problem. And it might be us. Sometimes we have to look and say, I've let everything in the world come between me and you, God. And I have to face the problem, God. And I know that it's me. I know that your word is real. But God, I've not had the courage. And I've got to face myself. There's a quote from Dr. Mike Murdoch that has been an agitating force in my life ever since I heard it. I'd love to take credit for it, but I can't. But he said, you deserve what you tolerate. Oh, man, you need to let that settle down for a minute. There have been many times in my life where I said, God, how come this can't happen? God, how come I can't get the shift in my church, in my own personal life? How come I can't be a better pastor or I can't be a better husband or a better dad? And and I had to look in the mirror and realize that I was the problem. Does anybody in the room know what I'm talking about? And when I finally said, God, it's me, guess what? God said, guess what, Randy? Since you were willing to face it, I'm going to give you the ability to conquer it. And he said, if you'll believe what I told you, then receive this shift right now. And I stepped out of this thing and I stepped into this thing right here. Can I tell somebody in the room, if you'll start facing it, God will step in with his power and his ability and you'll conquer things that you thought were unconquerable because by the power of his spirit, he can do anything. Oh, God help me. Listen, he didn't stop there, but he said you gotta take your journey. Sometimes just turning ain't enough. Sometimes you got to realize what's going on. Anybody here, outdoors people, like to camp, raise your hand up. Come on, I got a few of you in here. Yeah, yeah. You got to realize, he was talking to these people, you've grown accustomed to camping in the wilderness. Now mind you, I like to camp. When I first started camping, this will show how old I was. I had a dome tent and one of them green Coleman cook stoves. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know how come somebody said, amen, hallelujah. You know, when you got Coleman fuel, 
and comb and fuel, you could pour it on wet wood. If you struck a match and could bail out quick enough, you could burn wet wood with comb and fuel. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, whoo, you know. I mean, lose your eyebrows, but you had a fire, you know. Me and my dad did it more than once. And I like camping. I'm all about camping. I'm all about fishing and camping. But after about three days, I'm done. I'm done. I mean, listen, if I'm at the river, the wash basin's cool for the first day. You're like, man, I'm roughing it. Got a little wash basin doing what the army people called a Charlie wash back in the day. You're like, yeah, I'm brushing my teeth. Yeah. Second day, you don't even brush your teeth, you know. Everybody around you starting to smell. You know, you've been on these men retreats before, haven't you? You've been to the river, been to the lake. About the third day, I'm ready to go. You want to know why? Because God didn't make me to live in a tent. I'm about to mess y'all up. You see, can I tell you something? When he said take your journey, the words take your journey mean to pull up the tent pins or the stakes and begin to move forward. God said, I know you've been wandering around for 40 years and y'all are great outdoorsmen. After 40 years, you know how to set up a tent and you know how to live in the wilderness. But I gave you a promise that is not for a tent. I gave you a promised land where you can go in and possess it and you can dig some footers and you can pour this and you can pour that and you can lay some bricks and build you a house to live in. Some of y'all living in the wilderness in a tent when God's shifting you into the promise where you can move into the Taj Mahal, baby. God's got a plan for you. Don't stay out in a tent when God wants to put you in a house. My goodness, you're living way below what the promise is for your life. The church is too. Somebody say amen. Amen. Listen, we've got to get to where we can see things the way God sees them. We struggle to see things the way God sees them. But I want you to see how intently the words that God gave Moses were to the people. In verse 8 he says, see, I have, say it with me, set the land. Three words, say it with me. I have set the land before you. Now what does he say? Go in and possess the land. Let me explain something to you. The church has been set up by God. You have been set up by God. I know that we struggle with anticipation, with expectation, even with elevation in our thinking. I know that natural setbacks make us struggle to believe that supernatural setups can't happen. I know that there's some struggle going on right there. But I want to remind you people that when God gives a word, he will bring it to pass. It's not what Pastor Randy says. It's not what another preacher says. But it's what God himself said in his word because he said, grass withers and flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. In this room, sons and daughters, God is setting you up. He set that promise before you. He just needs you to turn, take your journey, and walk into what God has promised you. It's not easy. I know it's not easy. But we must do it or we'll remain stuck and stagnant for the rest of our days. That's not the plan of God for you. Listen, 
You've got to learn to embrace your season. Sometimes we struggle with, I'm discrediting my past. I'm denying, no, don't discredit, don't deny it. You're just acknowledging that where you are is not where you're supposed to be. That God has something more for you. There are people sitting in this room who have gazed at the promise for years. And God's been pulling at your heart. I want to shift you, son. I want to shift you, daughter. Trust me. Turn. Take your journey. Listen, you don't have to worry. When you turn and take the first step, he's right beside you. He's not just beside you. He's before you. He's not just before you. He's even going behind you. He's above you. He's beneath you. You'll be blessed when you get up, blessed when you lie down, blessed when you go out, blessed when you come in, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying in this room today. God has set you up for the promise that he's made. He just needs you to rise up in faith and take the first step. Take the first step. He's waiting. Listen, I'm getting ready to wrap this up. All we need is a word from God to make a shift into the promise of God. I'm reminded of King David. Long before he was king, when he was a shepherd boy, anybody familiar with the life of David? David, the littlest of them all, best looking of them all though, gets sent out by his dad to check on his brothers because there's a big giant by the name of Goliath. He goes out to see that his brothers are hiding in the tent with the rest of the countrymen. They're so afraid of this giant. The giant is pacing through the camp and shouting and cursing God and telling them, come, you can't defeat me, challenging them, and they're hiding in the tent. David drops off the supplies. He doesn't look for a tent to hide, but he says, I'm going to hold court. He's not king yet, but he asks a very important question. He looks at all of them, and he says to them, is there not a cause? The word cause in the Hebrew is literally translated to a word. David looked at them and said, I know you see the giant, and I know you remember the word, the promise of God. You can't stay in here hiding. If God gave the word, God will bring victory. Get out and fight for your promise. In this room today, you may have to fight for it, but know who's fighting for you, who's fighting with you, who can win and produce victory and provide the promise that he made. It's time for a shift. It's time for a shift. Would you bow your heads with me in this room? Father, I'm so grateful. 
so grateful to be able to share your word in this incredible facility today. Thankful for sons and daughters who are hearing it, receiving your word. God, I pray for courage and strength to not just hear it, but to respond and receive it today. I pray that while this atmosphere is filled with your power and your presence and your purpose, that we would surrender and allow you to shift us in this room. Jesus, give courage to those who are in attendance to trust you, to trust you and take this word and shift their lives into the promise you've made. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed in this room. You might be sitting here thinking, wow, Pastor Randy, I don't know if my life can shift. I don't know if it can change. You don't understand all I've been through. The pain, the pressure, the problems, failures, mistakes, maybe even regret or shame. You're right, I don't understand, but God does. The Father does. That's why he sent his son. That's why his spirit is here, making you aware how much he loves you right where you are. He wants to shift your life today, leaving behind all the pain, the pressure, the problems, regret, shame, brokenness. He wants to leave that all behind and bring joy, peace, hope, and love into your heart and into your life. In fact, God set you up for this moment. And while the heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I won't single you out or come to where you are in any way. But if you're here today and you need to shift from that life of pain and sorrow and regret and shame, you want to move into the peace, the joy and the love and hope that came when Jesus died for you on the cross, would you simply just lift your hand up real quick? Lift it up real quick in this room. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you for those hands. While your heads are bowed, I want to ask you to do something. I ask if I could be at home and Pastor Jeremy gave me permission. I'm going to ask this body of believers and those of you who raised your hands to pray this prayer with me today. Let's pray it all together. And I know that when you pray it, things are going to shift so strongly in your life. Let's pray it together, church. Say, Jesus, I believe you to be the only son of the only God. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the dead to give me eternal life. I admit I need you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and come and fill my heart with all that you are. I invite you to be the Lord of my life. I believe today my life has shifted. 
I believe your light is removing all darkness. I believe I am saved and I will never, ever be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, make sure you get one of those connect cards in your seat. Fill it out. Take it back to the table here at the back of the sanctuary on my left. Connect so they can help you to grow in your walk and your relationship with God. But I also know there are people here today that might need even more prayer. You may be in this room and You've been wondering while I was preaching, God, were you setting up this moment for me? I want to tell you yes. As the prayer team and staff prepare to come and pray with you, I want to tell you come with confident hope. Come in faith believing that no matter what you're struggling with today, if it's spiritual, relational, emotional, financial, or even physical in your body, God wants to shift you into the promise of his hope in Jesus' name. As they come, as the prayer team and the staff come, would you come? Would you come and let them and myself pray with you? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.